Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Money and me on your money, only on Money FM 89.3. Do you know who in Singapore is most confident about achieving their retirement goals? Well, they're young people aged between 24 and 34. This according to a poll that uh, the newspaper Straits Times carried out recently. They talked to about 500 people, wanted to understand the feeling on the ground among Singapore residents when it comes to finances. Now, we're going to tell you what the top strategy is of these millennials in just a while. What are they relying on to achieve their retirement goals? And we'll also question whether this particular strategy is going to stay useful when we are seeing stubborn inflation. You know, when we're seeing, for example, headline inflation of 3.5%, that's what UOB estimates for this year. It was 4.8% last year. So if, uh, you know, both headline and core inflation remain elevated above these long-term historical averages. What does it mean for this particular strategy of investing and saving for retirement that young people are relying on? Well, we'll put the question to Alice Tung. She's Wealth Manager from Philip Capital. First up, good morning, Alice. Thank you for joining us. Hi, good morning, Michelle. Thank you for having me on your show. I love talking about retirement. And one question I hear very often, you know, when I speak with young people is, you know, how much is generally needed? We know there's no one size fits all. Depends on how much you want to pull on your retirement savings every month when you do indeed stop working. But is there sort of like a, a general sense of how much is needed to retire comfortably in Singapore? Is one million, for example, enough? So I think the idea of retiring comfortably differs from person to person. Person A may be ideal of comfort to retire uh, in a condo. A person B is very comfortable to retire in HDB. So it very much depends on the desired retirement lifestyle. For example, would you prefer a Starbucks coffee or Kopitiam coffee or Yakun coffee? A million dollars can provide a solid foundation for retirement. However, individuals must consider their specific circumstances and potential unforeseen expenses, for example, like healthcare rising costs or having longer life expectancies. And most importantly, you know, like how do you actually uh, beat inflation? Yeah, so there is actually no one-size-fits-all answer, as, as you mentioned. There is no one-size-fits-all, but I'm just trying to get a sense of if I... Generally, the more you have, the better. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the recommended amount can yeah. mm-hmm. be like the most simple calculation is to look at your monthly expenses. Yes. You know, inflate by 3% and times the number of years of your retirement. Oh, that's nice. Uh, how much you want a month times 3% divide uh, by... by three. Uh, inflate by 3%. Inflate by 3%, but 3% every year, right? Yeah. Oh, gosh. And then divide by what again? And times the number of years of your retirement. Okay, the number's getting really big in my head. <laughs> uh, tell me, in the current economic landscape, how well prepared do you think millennials and Gen Zs are, in your opinion, to attain their, their plans for retirement? I think there are a lot of strategies and tools available, there is so much information out there in the market, right? Like, you see, you go to social media, you, go, you can Google, TikTok, and there's so much information out there. You can easily, you know, like uh, download a, a budgeting app to organize your expenses. You can go to CPF website 
to maximize your retirement. That is the MAS investors alert list to verify like legitimate investment opportunities because there are so much scams nowadays. So most importantly, you know, it's really to find a, a financial advisor whom you can trust, who has multiple resources to help you to personalize your, your retirement planning. Okay, we're all about giving people the information that they need to start moving in the right direction. What sort of strategies are you seeing young people rely on in today's economic climate? It's really true. I've seen a lot of young people, right, going for investments, trading, buying stocks, trying to get ahead, um, and also, you know, having lots of um, multiple streams of income. You see them like doing YouTube videos or TikTok videos. Lots of side hustles happening, yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. So that is what the millennials and Gen Zs are, are currently doing. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I was looking at the Straits Times poll and it says that the majority of people who are young, 24 to 34, and also slightly older, 35 to 44, they're relying on their wonderful habit of being super savers. They say savings is their top strategy to achieve their financial goals. And then you have to wonder how well will this hold up in times of inflation? So that's the problem, right? I mean, savings, I think, is a bedrock. With savings, mm. then you have something, your pot of gold to grow. But just relying on your savings and your CPF, which is what most young people say that they do for their retirement, is that enough? I think that, okay, so there are many um, questions to this that you just mentioned. Uh, so first thing is the high interest rates that is affecting all of us. It will affect our savings. Um, there are positive and negative effects. So the positive is um, everyone is saving up you know, high interest rates will give high returns on savings. It's actually an incentive for us to save. And, you know, and, and uh, youngsters are fostering a healthier savings culture. The bad news is because life goes on, you know, we will borrow. And it's a very disadvantage for borrowers. Mm-hmm. Borrowing becomes very expensive, you know, it impacts on mortgages, uh, car loans, credit debts. So it's also very bad for businesses because it will lead to a lower profit. So, and then businesses will find ways to cut costs, reduce hiring, and that's where you see like retrenchment going on in the in, in the news nowadays. Yeah, it will affect the overall economic activity, uh, and everyone will just start reducing spending for consumers and businesses. Uh, well, that's a fantastic overview, I have to say. So because it's a higher for longer interest rate environment, more people feel comfortable putting their money away, maybe in these um, three-month, six-month high-rate savings accounts. But is that mm. necessarily the best thing to do in current economic conditions? Are there some instruments or strategies that can be better suited for the younger generation? I think these type of saving practices have come a long way, you know, from our grandparents, right? Um, like they used to put money into tin cans, you know, biscuit tin cans. My parents' generation is to look for the next 60, you know, year the after year. The next what? The next what, sorry? The next fixed deposits. Oh, fixed deposit. Okay. Yeah. So these, these saving practices can guarantee or uh, secure guarantees. But it's actually very difficult to beat inflation. Like you mentioned earlier, you know, like our inflation averaged at 4.8% in 2023. Singapore savings bonds was offering up to 3.4. T-bills provided up to 4.4 interest rate. But you can see that these uh, savings instruments, right, cannot match up to where inflation is. So inflation will slowly reduce the value of money that is sitting in, in these places. 
So to counter this, this inflation impact, we can consider investments with higher potential return. But this doesn't mean, you know, you put all your money to investments or to put into high-risk products. It's to understand your overall risk appetite, your level of cash liquidity, and how long can you stay invested. Mm-mm-mm. And, you know, when we think about rising costs, student loan debt, how should a Gen Z think about all balancing this and meeting their investment goals? Mm, I think it's to really look at the overall financial status, the far, uh, like your current expenses, how much you're spending, um, your, the kind of lifestyle you want to have, and really, really plan ahead on what you want to achieve for the long term. Yeah, it starts really with a, an audit of your, yourself, just getting really, really honest what's coming and what's going out, and then putting aside what you can different pots I suppose long term savings because you want to have some liquidity as you make these big purchases that go on in life right you want to secure that apartment for yourself or you want to save for that wedding to start with so there, there are many many goals along the way but maybe it's a good idea to designate an, an investment pot a sum of money that you can put aside every month towards investing what do you think about that? Yeah it's actually a long term process Right, so um, and we are easily distracted by instant gratification. For example, you know, going for the next big holiday or planning for, to buy the next EV car. So it's really to know where you're going, to set clear financial goals, determine how much you need, when you want to stop working, what kind of lifestyle do you desire when you stop working. I've worked with many clients on retirement, and mm. I always ask them this question: You know, what what do you plan to do when you stop working? You know, when you retire, mm. and most of them don't have an answer to this. So can you imagine, right? You spend eight to ten hours on a daily basis, Monday to Friday working, and suddenly when you start working, right, you have spare eight to ten hours Monday to Friday. You have to start looking for activities to free up those hours. That's the best thing I've heard. Eight to ten hours all to yourself. I'm just thinking somebody fanning some palm fronds over me. <laughs> <laughs> enjoy my my horizon and beach view. You mean some people have no idea what to do with themselves when they retire? The clients that I spoke with, um, when I really sit them down and ask them, okay, so, you know, they, they really don't have an idea. Yeah, and I ask them, oh, how about volunteering? Mm-hmm. Or would you, you know, have mm-hmm. pets or, or gardening? Yeah. They'll say like, oh, I haven't thought about it. That's the thing. That's why retirement planning is so hard. It is inconceivable for us because it becomes such a habit to get up and go to work every day. It is almost inconceivable. What are we going to do with ourselves if there was no work to go to, right? Yeah, um, I guess, you know, nowadays people are just going to work and then like firefighting at work, you know, yeah. keeping themselves low mm-hmm. profile or, you know, whatnot. So, lying flat, so, yeah. So for them to really set their mind aside, you know, uh, some spare time to think of retirement, it's like a mindset shift. Yeah. 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 But young people apparently are the most confident here in Singapore when it comes to meeting their financial goals. But they are relying on the strategy of savings as their top strategy, which is um, questionable, of course, with, with times of high inflation sustained high inflation but then they're thinking I'm also building up my CPF balances isn't that enough let's just say that CPF is a foundation it is the the, the first thing that guarantees you know that you certainly have an amount of money when you retire but the question is CPF enough is a big question mark as well and will they actually uh, give you the money at the age of 65 it's also a question mark 
Because, you know, like, if you're aware of what's happening in the news, is uh, our government are actually encouraging us to work longer. So if, if they're encouraging us to work longer, it means to say that inflation, CPF, is something that the, the government is actually battling with. So it's actually also a question mark. So we really have to question things that are happening around us, be aware, so that we can be prepared for our own retirement. Okay. Are there steps that people can take to grow their retirement savings without sacrificing their current lifestyle? What do you think, Alicia? It's the age-old question. Do I have to save more, which means do I have to tighten my belt, which means do I have to live like a pauper now because I want to be able to put off joy because I have to save for my retirement down the road, 30 years down the road? See, it boils down to when do you want to start working? If you're okay to work, continue to work all the way until age 65, 70, yeah, sure, go ahead, you know, because you know yourself that you'll be working mm. uh, too too long. Just make sure that, you know, if you fall sick, you have your insurance to, to back you up. Mm-hmm. If you intend to retire, start working age of 50, 55, and, and have a wanderlust uh, lifestyle from there on, then um, it is prudent, you know, to actually start, um, have, start saving up for your retirement. Right. Good, good uh, way of thinking about wealth. I'm with Alice Tung, Wealth Manager at Philip Capital. Hey, what are you doing at Philip Capital? Uh, do you have any instruments that can help millennials, Gen Zs grow their money? Uh, yeah, so Philip Capital, I'm with Philip Capital, so I'm a wealth manager. And uh, so Philip Capital has a comprehensive uh, range of over 40,000 financial products. We partner with over 35 insurance providers. And we also offer educational resources such as seminars, webinars, market insights. And we have very um, user-friendly digital mobile uh, apps, platforms. They are convenient and transparent to manage, you know, for millennials and Gen Zs to manage their investments. So in a nutshell, we are very, very well equipped to offer millennials and Gen Zs access to all these resources that we have. Um, and we have grown over the years, you know, so our services and um, resources have expanded to meet their, their needs. So, which is why I'm in, I, I joined, you know, Philly Capital, so that I can extend these resources to my clients as well, so that they can benefit. Okay, that's interesting. Um, so, they can come to you and they can speak with a wealth advisor without spending too much money? Uh, yeah, of course, definitely. I mean, it's not like um, our, our fee model base is commission. Mm-hmm. So, we don't charge extra if we give, if we give good advice. Okay, great, great. And before we let you go, Alice, you were sharing with me that, you know, you made a big career switch for yourself by joining the wealth industry a couple of years back. Can you share with us some of the lessons that you've learned on how to really stretch that dollar in the current economic climate? I think that it's important to keep an open mind as there are opportunities everywhere. Yeah. When, I make the, when I make the decision to make the career switch, right, I actually have a financial advisor to sit me down and look through at all my financial status and current situation. And she actually very, gives me very good advice how to sustain because I'm starting a new career, you know, I'm starting from scratch. So it's important to continue to have consistent income, whether you are self-employed or whether you have a full-time job. And, and it's really to be updated, you know, to be educated, to be informed of what's happening because the market is changing so fast, you know, it's so dynamic now. And, and really stay vigilant and stay confident, you know, that um, you can get through like the tough times, the hard times as well. 
I think it's wonderful to hear that wealth managers can even help you reach your goal of uh, a career transition. This is the first I've heard of it, really. I think the role that we play is very underrated. Yeah. We actually play a very important role mm-hmm. to bridge uh, consumers and financial institutions. And, and good financial advisors, right, um, should actually give good financial advice, you know, helping customers uh, to look out for blind spots which they have like, missed. It's not to product sell. It's really to give value to customers. Mm-mm-mm. And so with the fee-only model, basically you're saying they only, the, such fee commission financial advisors only get paid when you buy the product? Is that how it works? How uh, financial advisors affiliate capital is, uh, is by commission base, which is we get paid for the products that you sell. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. How can people ensure that they're not under pressure to buy the products then? I think for me, myself, I follow this process, which is the first thing is to give customers value, um, give good financial advice first, you know, to understand uh, what they have, what they don't have, what resources they have, Mm. so that I will do the recommendation accordingly. You know, I've helped so many clients, you know, to plan for like, okay, I have a 23-year-old guy. Yeah. Uh, to plan whether he has the sufficient amount to uh, buy a condo at the age of 30. So through my planning and calculations, um, I, I said that you can, you know, provided you have this amount of income. Right. Then uh, what are the possibility scenarios that work out for him? So I, I gave him recommendations um, and this is what I do for our clients. Mm, that's wonderful. So when it comes to your money, you can have someone help you formulate a plan. That's what a financial advisor can help you do. Terrific. Well, it's been wonderful talking to you, Alice. Thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity to be on your show. Alice Ting is a wealth manager at Philip Capital. This is Your Money with me, Michelle Martin. Stay informed on all things to do with investments and markets and wealth. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.